2: The red wash is actually <laughs> pregnant ladies, <laughs> little kids, better get <laughs> the hell out of the way, because I am running. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like force gone, dude. I am running. <laughs> so, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the
0: ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. I want you to use U.S. Ombudsman in a sentence next week. I,
1: I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official Ombudsman of the Justice Podcast. You like apples? All right, welcome in to the post Super Bowl edition of the Just Press Play Pod. We got the normal crew. It's me, LJ, and Pops. What is going on, guys? Woo-hoo. No, not much. What's going on <laughs> like with that you're you? You're
2: implying that the other two are not normal.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, actually, we'd probably be the least normal of of the of the people yeah. <laughs> that come on the podcast. But the guests that that started from the very beginning a year ago now. Yep. Uh, are back with you a year ago. And we're going to break down, talk a little bit about, well, it depends, I guess, how you look at it, uh, glass half full or, or half empty, about that Super Bowl. LJ may <laughs> may have enjoyed that. I think a lot of fans were, to hope, were, were trying to find the channel that maybe the Chiefs and Saints were playing on for the third place game. To watch a, a different game, but LJ, we'll go straight to you. The thirteen to three clunker. that was Super Bowl fifty
2: three. What you think, man? Okay, so here's the deal: is I, I I loved it, but I also am very sad because one, the the uh, New England Patriots won, which is always a disappointment, but uh, it's just a fact of life at this point. But two. Nobody in the world seemed to enjoy this game. Therefore, they're going to keep pushing these rules in the direction against what I want, because I loved a game that was all about defense and shutting down the interior linemen and, you know, uh getting the ball through uh, or running the clock through running it in time of possession, special teams being absolutely key and the most important thing happening. But nobody else in the world seemed to enjoy it. So this is a bad day for me.
1: Well. So I will say I I did enjoy the game for the fact that you mentioned it was uh, uh, between Wade Phillips and Bill Belichick and, and Brian Flores on on New England side the defensive minds were it it's not like all of a sudden Josh McDaniels and Sean McVay forgot how to call offense they just were stymied True by that. amazing game planning on the yeah. other sides and it was that was fun to watch True and that I, I want to get into him a little bit but Dante Scarnecchia for the offensive line coach for the Patriots how he was able to do what he did and not get Tom Brady hit for the whole postseason, not just this game. Unbelievable. The only thing I think that was a letdown L was there wasn't really any dramatic flair at the end of the game. It was kind of golf. The moment looked a little big for
2: golf and, and Brady, obviously they had the 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 win. That's fair. I think the, the thing to keep in mind is that game was much more of a chess game than football games have tended to be in the past. Um, that game was, was all about like posturing and getting in the right spot. And, uh, controlling the clock and stuff like that. And so sometimes in a really good chess game, you can tell, you know, 45 minutes in that it's over. It's just got 15 minutes left. You know what I mean? So that's what that game was, is it was really smart, really interesting football. But, uh, you know, it just didn't have some dramatic. end. you know, it wasn't a Disney movie. It was it was the Patriots proving once and again that they are the best dynasty to ever play football because they want it in a different way than they even usually do. And I understand why that was boring to people. It just disappoints me because I thought that that was the way football is supposed to look 80% of the time. It's not always supposed to come down to the last possession wins.
1: Well, it. and let's go. We, ha- we haven't heard from from Pops yet. And I know before before we st- we started recording, it sounded like he wasn't too amused with the game. So what were your thoughts, Dad?
0: <laughs> I was amused with the game to some degree, but I was at two different Super Bowl parties, and you know, you just really don't get to watch a game. Wait a minute, minute, pause through that. Well, I left about the. Uh, let's see, but at, after the first first down that the Rams got, and I got Well, I to, mean, what was
1: that, fourth quarter? <laughs> I don't even know when that happened. I,
0: so I really don't know. i was just saying, I do know they didn't get their fourth first down until deep in the third quarter. Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, but it, no, I, I went to two different uh, Super Bowl parties. And, you know, you just visit uh, at, at those, and you really don't get to watch the game that much. So I did kind of go through NFL Channel and, and – Fast-forwarded and watched the game. Big thing stood out to me is I think LJ hit it. Is that interior line of New England controlled Sue and Donald, and that was it. I think we said yeah. that if 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 Brady's shirt's clean at the end of the game, the Patriots win, and his shirt was clean. I think yeah. he did get sacked one time. They call right. it a sack, but I mean, it, and it was an amazing what three to nothing or it was three to three at halftime. What was three, it? To, zero, three, three, to, zero three to zero? Three to zero at halftime. Three to zero. Three to zero. So just I couldn't believe that barely no scores, barely losing to a two to zero half
2: uh, for the lowest scoring half in a Super Bowl. There history. was there
1: was as there was as many performers at halftime as there was points on the scoreboard.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw uh, that
0: big boy drove further on field than, uh, <laughs> than the Rams did all game long. <laughs> well, and I, to, to jump on that, I saw that the the only play that I, that the New England Patriots ran in the red zone was the one that Sony Michelle scored on. So, yeah. and if that was the yeah. only play New England did, did, did LA ever get in the red zone? I don't think they did. Well, I don't know if they did. I, I mean, so. no one got into the red zone until the third quarter. Yes. I mean, one was- play in the red zone all game long. Incredible. Oh, it was my jam. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> LJ's <laughs> eating it up.
2: I loved it so much.
1: <laughs> I mean, the game was interesting, and I, I enjoyed watching it, but I'm, I I kind of – and as I mentioned LJ, I just wish there would have been a, a little bit of more, more uh, fireworks at the end. I wish – the moment just – golf never got into a rhythm. McVay, yeah. I – I almost, This is uh, my, my boy, Rossillo If you ever listen to him, he likes to say he wishes we could wait until a week after the Super Bowl before we actually start talking about it because everyone is overdramatic and is hot yeah. takey. And all the people who are like, Sean McVay's a flash in the pan.
0: Whoa, let's just hold on. Let's slow your roll. Yeah. Chill. I think Chill.
1: Mc, he, he lost to the best coach maybe in all of sports of all time, but the best football coach, I think, of all time. And I, he just had his number. Belichick came in there throughout zone and throughout different things that they weren't ready for. And McVay didn't adjust in time, but I think he'll figure it out just like last year when they lost in their first playoff game in the divisional round, they obviously got better from that. McVay's going to be fine. The dude is still McVay 23 will be years five. old.
0: Yeah.
2: On that. I think that uh, the proof is that it's not McVay's problem. Jared Goff is still just a little young because like you said that they're the new England came out doing, I think they did. I saw somewhere that they did 90% of the time they did man up for the whole playoffs. And then in this game, they did like, I think 30% of the time they did that. Right, yeah.
0: So they went mostly a zone. Yeah. They
2: changed their entire look against, uh, against them. And then the other thing that they did is they came to the line of scrimmage with three different looks that they would cycle through. Uh, and they would always wait until McVeigh's voice got out of Jared Goff's helmet to put their final look on the field. And so, uh, it was all in Jared Goff's hand to try to beat. Maybe the best football team to ever play. Well, so, and that's uh, McVay didn't have as much to say as he usually does. I think, does. if
1: anything, it probably pointed out a little bit. And I don't think this is necessarily a lament on Goff's career going forward, but Goff's still a young oh, quarterback. Yeah, no, and, no. And he does. Yes. McVay tries to, some might say he, he babies him a little bit and tries to kind of give look at the defense and give him a read. And like you're saying, the Patriots would change it up after McVay's out of the helmet. So now Goff's – he's out there. Basically, he's been riding with training wheels, and now he's just riding without. And he's also doing it yeah. against the Patriots' defense that they weren't great all season, but in the playoffs they were great. I wrote down they held – in the just in the first half of games, they only allowed teams to score seven points all postseason, and that includes yeah. shutting out the Chiefs and Rams, who are both number one and three in the regular season in scoring offenses. And that – That defense stepped up huge in a plus. I think this Super Bowl, to me, I know it. some people might have said this this, uh, solidifies Brady as the GOAT quarterback and GOAT of all time, maybe in sports. I don't know. I think we mentioned it a little bit with – I know Pops and Uncle Tony kind of were saying it last week – He's already done that. I think he solidified that before this year's Super Bowl. Yeah, this one, to me, talked about just how great Bill Belichick is as a coach. And, I mean, what they did, protecting Tom Brady and also stopping all these teams in a year where offense was everything. And they made it about time possession and run and offensive line, which I know yeah. LJ was just, just giddy. Oh, yeah. If it wouldn't have been the Patriots, the old if, if it could have just been Bronco jerseys, yeah, exactly. it would have been a dream come true for LJ
2: hell if they would have been in like some Tampa jerseys I might buy a Tampa jersey this off season but they were the Patriots and that's the only problem I had I,
1: it, it was it was it was crazy it was fun to watch and it, it was I don't know if y'all watched post game oh Billy B looked happy he was smiling a lot that that guy yeah. was kind of pumped and and I think it, the last couple yeah. of Super Bowls showed you I don't think Tom Brady is Tom Brady without Bill Belichick Bill Belichick's not Bill Belichick without Tom Brady but damn are they good together they are Agreed. just good together, yeah. and they've been good for two decades now. And hell, they they might go back again
2: next year. Who knows? Yeah, it's. I mean, it wouldn't you shock know? Were me.
0: y'all surprised at all with uh, with how lost golf looked? Though, I mean, he 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 weathered the storm at at New Orleans. That noise, and he looked lost for a quarter, quarter and a half at New Orleans. I guess maybe the whole half, but did get it together. And they had some of the same issues with, you know, he couldn't hear uh, McVeigh talking to him, but he did get it, get it together there. But, it, and I don't know if Belichick just drew it up more, had better stunts, got the pressure on him. I think they had, let's see, four sacks is, is what I saw that they ended up having a lot of pressure. Right but yeah. they were back there. They had a lot yeah. of pressure on him, but he just could not get it together against the Patriots. Yeah. Ever he looked lost yeah. the whole game.
2: I noticed that one observation I wanted to throw out there uh, was was yeah he did look he looked defeated more so than he did in New Orleans, which I would think would be a tougher place to play than uh, essentially a neutral field. But if you heard mm. at the end of the game the way that they were chanting Tom Brady and Patriots, that did not seem like a neutral field. That was they came out to be fans of New England for that game. So it did feel like he was in a really hostile environment too. But all that being said, it did look to me like he just, he got beat down and didn't know how to fix it. Like he just didn't know what to do, um, which is fair. I mean, at that point, I, I wouldn't know what and to do. And that's
1: where I do put some blame on Sean McVay in the game. I, I think he'll learn from these mistakes. Again, like we said, he's 33. He has a long career ahead of him. But yeah. I think they came out and like LJ said, the Patriots flipped the entire script on him. And basically everything they showed you on film, they did. They didn't do any of it. So McVay was prepared for the Patriots and they didn't see that same team. And there you got to throw out I think the Rams probably needed to throw out their game plan and and start from scratch and that's easier said than done, don't get me wrong. But yeah. When you're McVeigh and golf, and you've been together two years, it's a little hard to just throw out your game plan and start from scratch. Where Brady and McDaniel's have been together for fifteen years now, they can, yeah, they have so many play. They have a thousand plays in their repertoire that they might not really game plan each for yeah. all of them, but they can go back to. Remember that game three years ago where we did this. Let's go back to that kind of style. Yeah, sure. And I just don't. They golf. They they. They had a plan A and plan B, and they just didn't have enough backup plans to for what the Patriots threw at them. Yeah. And they'll be back. I think this, that Rams team's really good. It'll be interesting to see what they do now because Sue's contracts, he, he signed a one-year deal, so see if they'll bring him back.
0: But they'll be fun you know, going forward. I, go ahead. I thought, LJ, you hit on something that, I mean, the Patriots are pretty resoundingly a hated team. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Yeah. And they were certainly the favorite in that game, or they, they had more fans there. But if you think about it, So the Rams were at L.A. and left to go to St. Louis. So the people that did like them in L.A. way back in the day hate them. Right. Or dislike yeah. them. Then yeah. they played at St. Louis for a number of years and went back to L.A. So the people yep. in St. Louis can't stand them. They're not going to root yep. for them. I just thought that was a very interesting thought that they're, they don't really have a home because well, yeah, they've the, left so the, on the that two the, towns.
2: The L.A. market was, the, the I believe, the second lowest major market in in ratings for the Super Bowl, They which, you know, if Denver was in the Super Bowl, the city of Denver would be top five in markets watching the Super Bowl. LA was in the bottom two of major markets. The only one lower was New Orleans, who protested the Super Bowl. So, yeah, um, yeah LA does not care about either of their football teams, and, and uh, they got two. That's why, <laughs> and That's why the Raiders right. are playing in San Francisco instead of uh, LA, yeah. while they can't get a Vegas mm-hmm. stadium. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of the Saints, real quick that that loss had
1: to be heartbreaking for Saints fans, or that game to see that the, the to the the Super Bowl the way it was because you yeah. got to think if you're the Saints fans Drew Brees and Sean Payton scored more than three and it maybe scored thirteen they have a better chance in that game like we mentioned you're sitting there thinking McVay I and McVay that, and yeah. Bray, McVay mm-hmm. and and golf couldn't adjust Brees and Sean Payton probably would have made somewhat of adjustment you just gotta it'd be one thing if the, if the Patriots dominated them or if the Rams looked great and it was a great game but now the now the Saints fans are like damn, we probably would have, okay. we could
2: have won Super Bowl too. So I, I think Saints fans feel that way. I don't know if Sean Payton feels that way because the Patriots did dominate them. It was not, yeah. it was not a big score difference, but they destroyed the Rams. It was just a beat down of well, any proportion it, you could imagine.
0: And I think it's fair to say the Saints had, with the exception of one horrible call, they had everything going for them. They have their home fans, the loudest stadium in the NFL, And they still couldn't beat. Now, it was a horrible call. I'm not trying to belittle that. But it's just like Jimmy
2: Johnson, right, Kevin?
0: Is that who it was that said,
2: don't let the refs give you a chance to take it?
1: Don't even let the refs give you that opportunity to beat you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they did. And they did.
1: So I want to talk about, we we talked about the coaching of, of the Patriots and how this Super Bowl and playoff run, I think, kind of really showed you just how good they are, but I gotta give some love, LJ. You know, LJ loves the nerdy stuff, and 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 those fo- the up front and the battle of the trenches, like Dad talked about, the one that was going to matter. What mm-hmm. that offensive line did all postseason is just amazing. And yeah. shout out to Dante Scarnecchia, who's a seventy years old and retired once and. When he retired, that was when the year actually the Patriots lost to the Chiefs and on like Monday Night Football got crushed. And a lot of people – it was like three years ago and a lot of people said, oh, the, their, their dynasty's over. They only made three Super Bowls since then. But uh, <laughs> but Skarnacki, Skarnacki got called by Bill Belichick to come out of retirement, and he did. And what he's done with that offensive line, they played the Chargers, Chiefs, and Rams. I think we talked about the keys to those games in, the, in all of the playoffs for the Patriots were – Can they protect Tom Brady versus Ingram and Bosa? Can they protect Tom Brady versus D. Ford and and Houston? Can they protect Tom Brady versus uh, Aaron Donald and Sue? And against all of those guys, the answer is yes.
0: A resounding yes. They allowed, (laughs) in
1: total in the playoffs, they allowed one sack, only seven hits against Tom Brady in the whole postseason. And I looked at just to see what those dynamic duos for each team did. Uh, Donald and Sue combined for two tackles and one quarterback hit, no sacks. Ford and Houston at, combined for two tackles, no QB hits, no sacks. And Ingram Bosa combined for three tackles and one quarterback hit. So they made wow. all those players basically non-factors. Wow. And he did this with – I was looking at his offensive line. It's not like there's a ton of crazy talented guys on that offensive line, at right. least the high draft picks. I mean, not that you know if It was yeah. – Guard Joe Thune, drafted in the third round. Guard Shaq Mason, drafted in the fourth round. Tackle Marcus Cannon, drafted in the fifth round. Tackle Trent Brown, drafted in the seventh round. And David Andrews at center, undrafted in 2015. I mean, they're just guys that – they're not just the first-round talents. And we talked about how the Cowboys are building by drafting – Offensive lineman early. The rant. The Patriots didn't even have to do that. They just have great coaching and they picked yep. the right guys, and it's a, it was amazing.
0: Great management. I think, too, I think it's, it's fair to say that with with apologies to Mary J. Blige, uh, Scarnicky was the real MVP. <laughs> he was <laughs> uh, in the game.
1: Well, <laughs> well, let's get into the MVP of the game. I think did
0: did, did pops? Uh, did you call
1: Julie Edelman to yeah, win the MVP?
0: You know, and I wished I would have bet it because it was twenty to one, and I. You <laughs> know what I. I did get online to play some bets, and I put some money in the account, but it didn't clear in time, and then I forgot to go back. So,
1: damn it. Well, Mr. Popular was over there going to all his different Super Bowl parties, so he he wasn't able to get his money (laughs) down. He was
2: jet-setting and forgetting. Yeah, I
1: guess so. (laughs) But Julian Edelman had a a huge game. I was was wondering who would get MVP of that game. Really, the defense – probably collectively the Patriots defense just deserved that MVP. or that O-line,
2: but you, can't or the it O-line but
1: you can't do it collective so I, I get Edelman getting it and this conversation has been going on for a while, for the on on NFL Twitter if you will for the oh past two weeks now and I guess I guess we'll get we'll get to be the 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 end all say all because I'm sure we'll be the last ones to talk about it because it's kind of been going for a while but what do you think, Dad? Julian Edelman, is he a Hall of Famer or not?
0: That is so hard to say because I just read an article where they said he won the MVP and he's a cheater, you know, because he used <laughs> right. PEDs. So. I think he's
1: the first Super Bowl MVP to uh, get, uh, have to uh, suspend uh, it during, during the year for PEDs. For PEDs.
0: Um, wow. You know, he is right on the cusp. I, I don't know that I can say that he is, but I mean, his playoff reception totals, I don't have them handy, but they're out of this I got world. Not, I think he's not just, that great though. Aren't they? Whoa, I thought he was whoa, just shy wow, of Jerry, Jerry Rice. I think Jerry Ross is a Oh, the only Well, one because he's, he's had
2: me. he's had 18 playoff games. Well, I mean, 29 total, playoff averages. games. <laughs> I understand that. No, I understand that. I'm just saying that like if any other good receiver had that many playoff games, then they would be knocking on Jerry Rice's door. But Edelman is sitting here rocking 78 yards a playoff game. Is that Hall of Fame worthy? He's got five touchdowns in the playoffs. Is that Hall of Fame worthy? If if playoffs is all we're going on.
0: I will tell you this: Julian Edelman was uncoverable in that game. They could yeah, not day, cover yeah, him, yeah. and that happens to L- L.J. L.J. He so does, go ahead, L.J. LJ is going to be the con, but yeah. I I think he's LJ, on the
1: I got I, I'm I'm on both sides of the argument, and I, I I have a stance, but just just for the the Julian Edelman, possibly a Hall of Famer, just looking at all time and postseason, the dude comes up for Tom Brady on third down in this January and February every single year and it, it, it okay. that, if you look at all-time postseason leaders in receptions there's Jerry Rice at number 1 with 151 and that is in 29 playoff games LJ that's a yeah. lot of playoff oh, yeah. games
2: I understand Julian
1: Nettleman is number 2 with 115 and he's played 18 playoff games by the way Reggie Wayne is 3 at 93 he's played 21 playoff games so more than Julian Nettleman
2: okay all right, uh, all right. receiving enough. yard
1: Receiving yards, Jerry Rice is number one. This is insane. He's number one at 2,245. Julian Edelman just passed Michael Irvin for number two at 1,400. So the, just the fact that how high Jerry Rice is above the next guy yeah, blows my mind. Yes. And then receiving touchdowns, uh, Edelman wasn't even in there for postseason. He's not in the top five, at least. So I do think you have so some credence there. He doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. Number one is Jerry Rice at 22. Gronk's number two at 12. So yeah. I. Just looking at his postseason numbers, and it seems like every year when the Patriots win Super Bowl, Edelman seems to be making that big play. I could see how you might think he's a postseason player or a Hall of Fame player, but LJ, is
2: he? No. Resoundingly, no. You guys were talking about Frank Gore. We hope he's a Hall of Famer, but he was never the best running back in the league in any one given year. Right. When was the last time that Edelman was the best wide receiver in the league? In fact, let me go one further. How many Pro Bowls has he gone to? I I no for the, for your first answer, definitely zero. He's never been the best receiver. Second answer league. is the exact same number. Oddly enough. Okay, okay. Um uh, They're also, also,
1: also they don't go to the Pro Bowl because he's usually getting ready for a Super Bowl at that time.
2: Oh yeah. hey, that might be okay. fair. That might Sorry, be fair. I don't, okay. many, I don't know how many in that zero uh he could have gone to. I I, I might have missed that stat. Um <laughs> but he's also how many how many seasons has he played in his nine ten games or more? Four. How many thousand yard seasons has he had Two. he is not a hall of famer. He's just straight up. Not he's a good player who comes in clutch, but he is not on that list. If Atwater can't make it into the hall of fame, Edelman better not make it into the hall of fame. Like this is absurd to even okay. have this conversation.
0: Well, he makes some good points. Kev. Well, no,
1: I'm actually on LJ side. At first, I kind of thought for a second, I was like, man, Edelman might be a hall of Famer, but then I thought about it and I'm with LJ. I was like, well, what is, I mean, there is some good moments on the first Sunday in February that Edelman's had, but Let's go look back, and I just looked at p- other receivers drafted in 2009. That's the year Edelman was drafted. Crabtree was also drafted that year, and if you compare receptions, yards, yards per catch, touchdowns, and yards per game, Crabtree is killing them in all of them. And none of us are saying Crabtree is a Hall of Famer. Crabtree no, right, has yeah. more than 2,000 yards receiving in his career, and he also has more than 24 touchdowns than Edelman. So he's killing him in those stats. Another guy that was drafted in 2009 that's beaten Edelman in all of those stats, Jeremy Macklin, who didn't even play last year at all, but his career numbers are still like way better than Edelman. Uh, Mm. Another guy, Mike Wallace, has 27 more touchdowns than Edelman and over 3,000 more yards than Edelman in his career. Hell, even Hakeem Nix has as many yards as Edelman in his (laughs) career, and Hakeem Nix hasn't played since 2015, and he has more touchdowns than Edelman. He's not a Hall of Famer. He just has some good moments, and as for a Patriot fandom – He's probably going to be up there. I think uh, Bill Simmons on this podcast said Edelman might be his favorite Patriot. He's up there in the top five now of all time. Sure. I get it. If he's, a, if he's a cowboy, I love him, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He's just not.
2: He's Ring of Honor, sure, I but he's not a Hall heard. of Famer. Mm-hmm. And let me, on that yeah. same note, let me read out one more thing. Uh, so uh, Pro Football Reference, which is like the best stat page in the world, uh, at the near the middle bottom of the page, there's a similar players sort of index for players. And so you can see who's had similar numbers, uh, similar, like, averages and stuff like that. So, like, I'm just going to name off who they've got listed as similar to Edelman in stats. And you tell me which one of these people deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. We've got Al Toon, Lee Evans, Albert Dubinion, Paul Flatley, Carl Pickens, Carlos Carson, Louis Lips, TJ Houshminsata, Jeremy Macklin, and Percy Hart. <laughs> Percy <laughs> right. Hart, yeah.
0: Louis Lips, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Lips, yeah. yeah.
2: That's where Edelman sits stats-wise.
1: The, the guy saying. that... The guy that Edelman compares to career stats-wise, if you look at what his stats, where they look closest, it is Kenny Britt has about the same amount of yards, the same amount of touchdowns, and the same amount of games played. And Kenny Britt is barely making NFL roster, let alone – Getting yeah. a yellow freaking jacket. Edelman is going to like it. I think LJ hit it right on the on the money. He's a ring of honor guy. He's not a Hall of Famer. And
0: you know what? Oh, Give man. me Edelman's also, career. I would
2: take Edelman's career in a heartbeat, by the way. Sure. So throw that out there. But also four games this year.
0: The only reason you're asking this question is because we get to see him all in January and February every year. What, that's, who was that's it? Why Tony Romo that asking. shouted we it, it out? We get to see him on the biggest stages.
2: Was it Tony Romo Mm -hmm. that shouted out that he's a Hall of Fame player? Somebody did during the broadcast. Well, it got said during the broadcast. The the
1: conversation kind of got started after the AFC Championship game. And then, yeah, Yeah. then it, it just has gone over. Since he won MVP, it got more. What's funny to me is that NFL writers over here debating, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer and all this stuff? And he is a known, like he has been, I don't know if convicted is the right word, but he's guilty of taking PEDs and face the suspension. Where baseball writers are like, the best player of all time, Barry Bonds, who has the best numbers by far. It's not even in the yeah. conversation for the postseason because he may yeah. have taken steroids. He's not even for right. sure that we, yeah, right. it just that, that made right. me laugh a little bit.
2: Well, and where do you think? So he took steroids this offseason. Where do you think those gains went? Do you think they just went away when he stopped taking the drugs? Like he still had the extra muscle mass, the extra you know, speed or whatever. Like he's got the benefits from the damn steroids all season. Um, now that might be the only reason he stayed healthy this year.
1: I can't wait to read or watch the movie made uh, that the Netflix documentary or 30 for 30, or just like the fictional movie made that's off his story. Cause he was a, uh, he played quarterback, got no offers and out of high school and then went to Kent state. And then they, he played quarterback at Kent state Still got drafted in the seventh round, and no one—they didn't know where they were going to play. him. the Patriots, took him because they liked him as a player. Moved him to receiver, yeah. and he now has been a Super Bowl hero in multiple games. It's an awesome story. And Edelman, for all that seems, he seems like a fun, fun guy. I think I enjoy him. Yeah. in p- Press conferences. I think he's cool. Maybe he's taking a few PEDs knowingly or not. Who knows? <laughs>
0: um, but he, he's got he's, the ugliest beard I've ever seen in my God. life. I'll say God. that. That's a hell got the ugly man man would Stay beard. warm
2: in the winter. That's a hell of a place. <laughs> no, it is a
0: hell of a place. It's not here. pretty, though. It is not pretty.
2: Whatever, man. I think <laughs> I think your beauty changes when you've seen negative 55 wind chill. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: LJ says LJ and Hannah are survivors of the Polar Vortex. Shout out to shout out to
0: those Chicagoans out there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. While
2: we're on that, real quick, I can't remember her name. I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes. But this one lady, I think, bought 80 hotel rooms for homeless people during the polar vortex. That's and so pretty that awesome. is an unbelievable really? person. Like um, yeah. there needs to be more people like that. I wish I'd remembered her name. We'll definitely get her in the show notes if you want to know more about it. But, oh my God, that's so check. Cool, I wanted, very cool. That is cool. I shout out, shout out to leave the house to uh, She's spending thousands. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to give the two people not recording with us. They, they were on last week's two-part uh, Super Bowl preview. And that's Tony and Hannah both picked the Rams or wait, they picked the Patriots. Wait, did they, they pick the Rams so they were wrong on the score?
2: Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, only right people are on the podcast. That's yeah. right. I lied to you just a second ago. Yeah, you
1: see, LJ had me – I was thanking. prepared beforehand. And then LJ told me the only people that got it right were Tony and Hannah. But no, they were the two that got it wrong. No. Now you make yeah, me sound like a jackass straight, right? calling out the two yeah. people that are not even out here to, to defend themselves. <laughs> LJ, I just tell you, I do I do well enough on my own to sound dumb. You don't have to make <laughs> feed me bad information. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're like the um, Edelman of this podcast. You come through in the clutch, but when it comes to prep work, you depend on me too much, and it's a problem.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about uh, off the field for the Super Bowl. Did y'all hear about the, and these are the words the NFL did not want to hear, the national anthem controversy that Gladys Knight stirred up? What she stirred I with? heard a little bit about it today. Yeah. So
0: Fill me in, though.
1: So Friday, as you know, and as we talked about uh, before, LJ, for the game, there's prop bets are big, and the National Anthem is one of the biggest ones, the over-under for the National yeah. Anthem. Well, Friday afternoon, offshore bookmakers and bettors began betting, he- hearing rumors that Gladys Knight's rehearsals were going over the 150 and closer to two minutes. So a lot of max bets started being made on MyBookie and BetOnline.com. Both of these have to go on these offshore betting sites because licensed U.S. Sportsbooks can't do uh, make bets on these because of the fear of inside trader and inside knowledge being thrown around. Which finally answers okay. some questions. That I yeah, know I had that, to do some googling. Yeah. That finally answers because I was always wondering why didn't yeah. if, if if you can make these bets in the U.S. Why wouldn't Tony Romo just go? Yeah, I'll say McVay's age three times just to cash in or whatever. Yeah, but huh, so cool. A lot of these people started putting down max bets on on the over for Gladys Knight. And here's what ended up happening. On, on first listen, it seemed like she was way over, like over two minutes. But betonline.ag ruled that the anthem actually ended at 149, 1 minute and 49 seconds and a half. Because no. if you read the fine print, ever since Christina Aguilera in 2011, the national anthem starts on the first note and ends after the first brave. And Gladys Knight, mm. uh, to, go back and listen, she says brave twice. She says brave once and then has another long brave afterward. So her first Brave, they said, ended at 149.5. But they went ahead and paid winners both for the over and under because it was so close and so up in the air. But it started off – They didn't figure this out until about – There wasn't a a complete ruling until like midway through the halftime show because they didn't know how to do it
0: because the first Brave ended – Help me understand that. I heard that too. That they paid the winners and the losers. So you're saying I'll cover all bets, and I'm going to pay. They paid everybody. They had to take a bath on that. Well, I guess that's just they one only let, bet, they only let still. so
1: many. Uh, the max bet for these prop bets are a lot lower, and so you can't mm. you can't put like you know fifty thousand or anything on it. But they put these low bets, and and they gave they paid out everyone because it is a really. Uh, a hard way to, cause that one, even if you do ended at the first brave, which we can't really tell where her first brave ends, but their clocks ended at 149 and a half. So it's close. Wait, really I, haven't, close.
2: I haven't checked the tape. I don't remember there being second brave. So I'm clearly not remembering. Right. But what do you mean? You can't tell if you go back and listen like, and honestly, it should be clear.
1: And honestly, you can't tell if that second brave is a brave or if that's just another note. Like I go back and listen, it's very up in the air. And okay. it was my man, uh, This is this was had Darren Ravel all in his wheelhouse. He was eating this stuff up on Twitter and he was all over it. (laughs) And it was, it was really close. And it was funny like gamblers were up in arms about whether they get their money or not. And that's why they ended Mm -hmm. up paying both of them out. Not everyone that. Bet online did that. My bookie, I don't believe, I don't, at this time, I don't know what they ended up betting. I didn't bet on the over-under. So this is one service that paid everyone. Bet online. Well,
2: it's, this is not as big of a loss as those people that paid out Alabama winning the national championship either. So that's a much bigger loss.
1: Plus, as we talk about, they are making some of it a loss, but they also are getting, I mean, I know the, the vaunted spot of just press play, mention it. But also, yeah. other sites are mentioned in BetOnline AG, ESPN's big yeah, article, on lesser it sites BetOnline. Yeah. So mm. they're getting published. Lesser reporters right. like
2: ESPN. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, other prop bets. Uh, my man Tom or Tony Romo showed up with it looked like a stubble. We talked about that LJ. I think you were it right did on look the money. A stubbly,
2: yeah. you
1: were right yeah. on the money with that one. They uh, did you notice? And uh, at the beginning of the game, Dad, maybe not because, like we said, he was kissing babies and shaking hands at all the Super Bowl parties. But uh, <laughs> um, Tony Romo seemed like he was making a concerted effort not to predict plays, almost as if they told him not to predict yeah. any plays. Did you notice that, LJ?
2: Yeah, I did notice that. And I did notice he would do things like he would say, well, what I would do here instead of saying what they're going to do here. Yeah. Is what it felt like to me a lot of times. So, yeah, I totally I saw that same thing you did.
1: Well, I noticed a few of it. And then there was at one point where, you know, of course, as soon as Jim Nance, and they, they throw up the stat, and Jim Nance says, no kick has been missed here all year. You just knew he jinxed him. <laughs> you knew it. And, and he did. And Romo said, Romo like said, oh, now he's going to miss it. And then Jim Nance asked him, was like, oh, are you predicting it? Kind of playing up the whole Romo prediction things. And Romo was like, no, 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 no. I'm not predicting anything. Not predicting anything. Like he was quick to point out that he's not predicting whether it's just a fun kick or a play. There was also a moment where, uh, since we're talking about Tony Romo, it was hilarious. He 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 kind of leaned into the joke, and when Jim Nance introd him, and he said, like, "Tony Romo, welcome to the Super Bowl" or something like that. And Romo oh, said, "Oh man, Romo was like, oh, I've been waiting to hear that for a long time, Jim.
2: <laughs> that made my day. Oh, that made my day. I love Romo. I oh, mean, he man. just
1: he, he knows the joke about him, and and leans into it. And I thought it was good. He was. I was also fun. think."
2: He seemed kind of genuine when he said that too. Like, it wasn't totally a joke. He Yeah, I think totally there was been part waiting of him like, that his whole life, and he felt really good to hear it.
1: Yeah, like part of him was making a joke, and part of him, like, his heart broke. Just a little piece of his heart fell off because he was like, oh, I'm making the Super Bowl. I See, said, broadcast. No, I
2: actually, I felt it the other way, but maybe that's just perspective. I felt like he was totally like, hey, I didn't make it the way I wanted to, but I'm here right now. I'm doing something amazing. I felt like he was taking the positive on it, but maybe that's just my perspective. I don't know.
0: Well, and I, I think he's getting some some uh, mileage out of the fact that he is he is so renowned as an announcer. He's been received so well. Yeah. So I think that eases a little bit of the pain. I don't think he saw this coming. And yeah. so I think it eases a little bit of the pain of him yeah. his last year in Dallas. Yeah, I So So uh, I guess
1: – well, on Roma, what'd you think? It was his night on the big stage. There was a lot of talk about, I think there was more talk about uh, an announcer before the game than I've ever remember seeing. A lot of people want to talk about Tony <laughs> and the big game. What'd y'all think? How did you, well, dad might not have heard of much
0: of him, but uh, go ahead, LJ. I didn't hear much. I mean, what I heard, he sounded fine, of course, yeah, but I, mean, I, didn't I didn't hear much.
2: I was going to say the same. I mean, I, I definitely, I heard the whole thing. It was just Hannah and I watching on the couch, eating pr- a paradise provision wings is what we did. Um, hmm. But, uh, but uh that's that's all we had and uh and so you know i was I was really more watching the game than listening to be honest with you because it was just it was my kind of game, but every time I did tune in really and and let my ears Romo did a great job i like he's it was no surprise I don't know if if uh, you're asking it makes me feel like other people disagreed.
1: I, I don't know I think some people just the game just so much that was disappointing that they didn't like it it wasn't Romo necessarily um. We talked yeah. about this before the game, LJ. and it was it was how we like to watch the game, and it sounds like so. Dad uh, frequented the parties, and I I'm all about going to social gatherings. I I like bumping shoulders, people talking with everyone. But when it comes to the Super yeah. Bowl, I this year I kind of just watched the Super Bowl at my house. I mean, there was a, a few people came through for a little bit, but for the most part, it was kind of just me, and it, yeah. I could hear the game, watch the, the commercials, and the halftime show thing. Nice. Yeah. It's very underrated. It might be the way to watch the Super Bowl of all games. Like, yeah, maybe for AFC and NFC championship, thinking. let's go have a big party. Yeah. But, but for the Super Bowl, it was kind of nice, like really hearing everything and watching everything. Yeah.
0: I agree. I I think I totally agree with you because, plus, it's on a late. It's late on Sunday night, so it's over late, and you're you know you're at your house when it's over. Yeah, I think I like the idea of just watching the Super Bowl at home, kind of chilling. The only thing, very few people. The
1: only thing I really meant. So I, I cooked me a nice meal. Like I had a good meal to eat, but I didn't have the good like. Dips. There was no good buffalo you don't dip have a or like. yeah. or yep. mac and cheese. There wasn't the smorgasbord of all the good dips. And, and last seven year layer. Super Bowl, I
2: had we were missing the seven layers. Yeah,
1: <laughs> last year I was able to scoop all kinds of dips. So I will I will say you do miss out on some of that. I guess you could just make yourself a ton of dips if you wanted to. And just the, the other thing
2: too, the other benefit to watching it alone is Lane's not sitting there while you've been drinking too much either. So <laughs> so you can't make stupid bets. Is that, is that is true. That is true.
1: There's not someone there to cash in on my dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> Since I was able to, to really hear, uh I got to hear the all the commercials and the halftime show. And I'm just gonna throw out there, well, first off, the commercials, uh, letdown, I really didn't think they were that great. My favorite of the game of the of the Super Bowl commercials was that NFL 100 one. I really liked that yes. one with what yes. That was a good one. That was a good one. I, although it, it was interesting, all the players that don't really like the Goodell. And do it because of the whole uh Kaepernick and all the different suspensions and fines. But
2: then all those guys were there for their commercial shoot. Well, and the other thing is in the maybe the coolest commercial that I've seen at a Super Bowl, uh, which is uh the other thing, I wrote it down. Oh, Sam Gordon. Sam Gordon made the ad. She was the girl in the red dress. She's like a fifteen year old football activist that like is getting girls to play football all around the country. So that's super dope. But somehow Roger Goodell, in the coolest dad I've seen, still look like a wet blanket. He still looks like an idiot. So um.
1: <laughs> Roger Goodell does himself no favors. He's just the punching bag for no. the
2: owners. He, he
1: If he is that, if he is a punching bag for owners, he does a good job at just... Constantly making himself Fantastic.
2: look
0: dumb and just taking the punches, dude. He's so making what thirty three million a year. Yeah. Let me be a punching bag for thirty three well, million. A what, year. He's
2: he's earning that money because he's doing his job well. But I think I could earn it a little bit better. I'm just saying. NFL, yeah, call no,
0: I, that's that's fair. That's fair. LJ, golly, I'd like his. LJ, what was your favorite commercial of the Super Bowl?
2: That was it. That was the one. The one hundred. Uh, yeah, that I, was. I like the game of. I like the Game of Thrones uh, Bud Light just because I got I'm I'm amped about Game of Thrones. We need to do a Game of Thrones like theory episode before yeah. the new season comes love out. And try it. To figure love out. it, love it. Yeah, I was that excited was, about that even though it was like super corny and terrible. But yeah, so but one was that was it.
1: kind of a stretch for Bud Light to go there because if you're not a Game of Thrones, you don't even get what was going on. And then it was also like the the scene that they decided to show was a
2: guy squishing someone's skull. I mean, that's a uh, and. Also spoilers too. I mean, like if you, if you've seen the show, you know, but to watch uh, that, yeah. to go on
1: YouTube, if you want to watch that commercial, you have to like be over 18. Like it makes you <laughs> say that you're over 18 to watch the commercial. Oh, that's so, amazing.
2: Uh, that's a little stretchy. Mm. Uh, and I'll get to, I, it, I, it was interesting though. Yeah. We, uh, Hannah and I were watching it and we were both like, is that, is that the mountain? No, that's Robert strong. That's, that's <laughs> the, the." so I don't want to say too much because, I don't want to put a spoiler tag on it, but yeah, it was like weird. Well, we've talked about it before. If you haven't watched Game
1: of Thrones yet, you're behind And I think you, you, if you catch a we're spoiler. we're going to do an episode, I swear we we're
2: going to do, I want to do two episodes. We're going to do uh, a Game of Thrones predictions episode and we're going to do, uh, uh, I want to do an episode where we bring on Benji and try to figure out whether Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings is the best fantasy series of all time. All right. Well, Let's that's in the
1: hopper. That's in the hopper. That needs to happen. I'm 100% okay. game. So dad, your favorite commercial of the
0: Super Bowl. Well, mine's different. I loved the Stella Artois commercial. I'm torn on I that one. I loved it.
2: Which one was that? I man, don't remember man, it. With the Because dude. Sarah
0: Jessica Parker. Oh, she, right. you know, well, <laughs> right. Yeah, the dude. Okay. Well, Sarah Jessica Parker was on there first. And I mean, she's I mean, hard not to like. For she's easy on the her eyes. And... Uh, She's easy on the eyes, and married to Matthew Broderick, who's kind of an odd dude. But I actually like him too. I, I love Matthew but, Broderick. I like him but more then than Sarah Jessica When the dude Boyd comes in, you know, and and everybody's running into each other, yeah. and they ask the dude, "You want your white Russian?" He goes, "No, I'll take a Stella." And he even says it kind of odd, toasts. Stella Artois, <laughs> Artois, whatever. <laughs> I just I don't know I, I love the Big Lebowski I love yeah. the dude and and I'm pretty fond of Sarah Jessica Parker so I like that was my did favorite you see part. the little cameo from the most interesting man in
1: the world pop in there yes I yeah did. yeah and the most his interesting fl- man in the flipping world flipping sides I mean shoot KD's going to the Warriors the Sprint or the the Verizon guy works for Sprint yep. now or whatever and 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 the yeah. and the most interesting man in the world is now drinking Stella or as the as the dude would say Stella Artos. so I mean
2: Artos. toast. <laughs> Our the only
1: problem I have with that commercial, Dad, is that like three weeks ago, there was a, a tweet from Jeff Bridges where there was, I guess, the shooting of that a little teaser for that commercial. And it led all of us to think, is there a possibility of a Big Lebowski 2? And no, it was just this commercial. I'm a little let down. But any chance I get a little more of the dude in my life, I, I'm with you, Dad. I
0: love yeah. Big Lebowski. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really brought the commercial all together. The dude did. He really brought it all together. I was just waiting yeah. for someone to bust <laughs> yeah, through and be like, you're out of your element, <laughs> Donnie. I mean,
1: <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, did you see Bud Light caught a little backlash in there? Uh, apparently, they think that people that drink light beer are worried about whether it's made with corn syrup
2: or not. I don't <laughs> think that's like a major concern of the of their demographic. Well, I'll tell you okay so I might get myself in trouble with the the corn farmers of America just like Bud Light apparently did but I that made me consider which light beer I'm going to buy next to be completely honest with you mm. uh I don't know why that's necessary in making beer and knowing that Bud Light doesn't do it knowing that like Sam Adams doesn't do it knowing these craft breweries that I drink all the time don't do it makes me think okay so what's cores like you know why are, what shortcuts are they taking you know I, I it does make me consider that. So it's, I, I don't think it's the stupidest out of all time, although it did get him in a lot of trouble with a lot of different, Yeah, drinks, the, so the, like the stupid in that way, for the sure. corn
1: farmers of America or whatever. Like there's, they're receiving a lot of backlash from them. Like literally the, the, official Twitter account of the, the corn farmers of America, like started tweeting at them. And yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't think people Boy, that those drink corn corn Bud Light have or- too
2: much time on their hand though, because <laughs> everything's made of damn corn, ethanol, corn syrup, uh, corn bread. Well, that's, those are the three things I thought of <laughs> on the fly, so. I, know. I was talking to my coworker. I was talking to one of the guys that work with Andrew about
1: it. And I was like, man, so a really a hot seat for the, for the corn farmers out there. And he was like, they don't know hot seat. They make everything they can do without Bud Light's
2: money. They'll be just fine. Right. <laughs> Every damn pig, bird and cow in the world eats corn. So, you know, damn. they're fine.
1: Oh, another honorable mention for commercials. I love Jason Bateman in the elevator commercial. I don't know if you guys saw that one.
0: Oh, I didn't right. see that Go, one. Yeah, that was. Go Google it. Although, just because
1: anything Jason Bateman does, really, I don't know why. Yeah. I just love Jason oh, Bateman. I, I love That's it. What, yeah. That was Me exactly
2: going to be my comment was, was it anybody besides Jason Bateman? That commercial would have been awful. But with him in it, it's somehow yeah. endearingly gross. I don't know. Like, I love it. <laughs> He's just such a weird guy that I love.
1: So on to the thing that had many people's talking and that was because we, we saw a nipple reveal on the halftime show and this time it's apparently okay. (laughs) It's fine now to show Adam Levine's nipple. I mean, all right, let's just get into it. LJ. I don't think it didn't sounded like from the way you were texting during the game, you weren't too amused with the halftime show thoughts.
2: No, I was not for two different reasons. And we'll start with first, I want to give a shout out to John Payne for sending us a video on Facebook um but uh they teased this uh sweet victory from SpongeBob thing and then they played it for literally a second and a half and then moved on before they even actually started playing it they played like the intro to it it's like if you're going to yeah. tease this damn song for a week either do it or don't like don't play this stupid Yeah game. it was kind of like they and tried so- on that
1: it was like they saw people wanted it and they wanted to give people a little taste but they didn't actually want to do it I- If you're going to do it, do it. If not, don't, you know, I, I hated that. That was, that was dumb.
2: I agree. Well, and, and, uh, I think Tony nailed what happened in the halftime shows. The energy was really good towards the end, but it was not good throughout the halftime show. It just, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like the way that Prince did. And it didn't even feel like the way Justin Timberlake did. It didn't feel like the good halftime shows. It felt like the weak halftime shows, but the biggest thing I want to mention, if you guys would humor me and we'll talk about Kaepernick for just a second, (laughs) um, I mean, seriously, just a second. No, you're, I'm just but laughing he, at the
1: way you said humor me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I just, I don't know. We talk every time we talk about anything having to do with social justice. I'm like this, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, but so Adam Levine said that they were, uh, here's what he said on standing up for the voiceless. Uh, he said, they will be heard. That's all I want to say, because I don't want to spoil anything. We're going to keep doing what we do. And hopefully without become politicians uh, to make people understand we get you. So, um, what did he do to stand up for the voiceless? It sounded like he was pro the kneeling players, but but did you notice anything that that looked like he was standing up for those people that he was? Cause this is the problem was he was being berated, right? He was being berated for taking this thing from the NFL and not standing up for those that kneel at halftime, which, you know, I'm not trying to say, okay, so I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. Let me say real quick that if Adam Levine is against kneeling at for the national anthem, I'm totally okay with that. That's fine with me. And also, if he doesn't care and it's just not his opinion, that's also fine with me. But I want what I want to hear him say is, you know, I I get it. Um I don't want to get into it. I've always dreamed of playing the Super Bowl and the NFL gave me just a shit ton of money. So I'm going to do it and I'm not going to do anything else with it. But what he did instead was he promised that he was going to stand up for this. And then he did nothing besides like those little lanterns that the audience members were holding. One of them said knee in it. So. It was just such a bullshit political answer that he gave. And he said, I don't want to be a politician. Like he's just as bad as the politicians. He's worse than the politicians
1: on that. note, I get where you're coming from. I, Adam Levine got put in a tough spot where he was kind of like by taking it. I don't know. He he was the second choice. So automatically I think people were gonna dislike their performance and it wasn't what people wanted on the halftime show. And then the whole the, the cavity thing's tough for him because I think I would bet that he was urged by the powers that be not to, to ruffle feathers on it. And
2: and so so then just say I'm not gonna ruffle any feathers. Yeah. Like I don't wanna I just wanna play my music. That's all you have to say. But he said, I'm going to give a voice to the voiceless. And then he even defended it later by tweeting out the words that he had written on some of the damn things. And then the other words that didn't like it was, he just had this stupid half-assed answer. And it's like, I would much rather if you're going to, you know, if you don't want to stand for something, I get it. Like, I'm not trying to tell everybody that they need to be pro this. I'm also, if you do stand for it, I'm not even expecting everybody. Like if someone handed me millions of dollars, which the NFL doesn't pay for their halftime performers, by the way, that's that. But if they did. I'd have a hard time turning that down, but I just wish he would have said, look, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just here to play a show. Like I'm here to, I'm here to play a song. Um, and that would have made me respect it a lot more than for him to say, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to stand up for you people. And then like literally do nothing. So that, and then, and then claim that it's a spoiler alert is the reason he can't tell you what he's going to do. Like it's even more bullshit then because spoilers suck.
1: Uh, as far as the halftime show goes for the Super Bowl, it seems like it. It's almost it's hard to it's hard to do that and then come away with a good perception. It seems like people are tough on how they grade the halftime show. I mean, you really got to come out and yeah. perform your ass off. It I get yes. it's huge it's huge publicity and it's great. I mean everyone saw it and everyone's talking about Maroon Five and Adam Levine. So I think you take it if you can. But I don't know. It almost seems like a lose lose situation. Like even after Justin Timberlake last year, I thought. A lot of people, I, I thought it was good, but a lot of people were, were disappointed with his halftime show and didn't like, you know, whether it's his jacket or what he's wearing. It just seems like us as American, especially the social media age, more people are looking for reasons to dislike something than to like something. And the halftime show is yeah. the epitome yeah. of that in my eyes. Well,
2: and, and, and on that, too, it's the one that everybody's watching, regardless of whether you have any interest in Maroon 5 or not. Like, there's everybody, or you know, a, a good I can't remember the number you threw out a year ago, dad, but like a good half of America is watching this game. And so, you know, you've got yeah, people that really. love or hate you. Um, and so the ones that are going to hate you are going to do it loudly. But I will say the good publicity, I mean, as soon as he took that tank top off, Hannah was, she had to go get a drink of water when the (laughs) halftime show was done. I mean, (laughs) ladies across America were okay with that halftime show. And uh, so I think they might just take that.
1: Well, I I still have a problem with Nipplegate. We can't show Janet Jackson's, but we can show Adam Levine's (laughs) nipples and tatted up chest and stomach. I mean, that dude has some stats all over him.
0: (laughs) Deb, do you have any thoughts on the halftime show? You've been awfully quiet over there. Oh, I got to watch a little bit of it. I, I guess I didn't know the whole thing that LJ was talking about. I, w- I wasn't there. I was aware there was something and I need to look it up and see what all that's about. I mean, and, also, you don't need to like,
2: don't add that hate to and Maybe life. not. I mean I, honestly, mean, I thought I thought it.
0: I thought it was OK. You know, I mean, I, I probably would just as soon he left his shirt on, but I don't care. It doesn't <laughs> bother me, you know. Uh, I like Maroon 5. I like that they did a lot of songs about Jane, which was yeah. by far and away their best yeah. album. Um, I wish record. I had done the prop bet where they had, would she do, this will be she will be loved, because there was like a lot of money. Nobody thought yeah. that they would do that no, kind of I was chill shocked. song. Yeah. And uh, so I, I thought the halftime show was was okay. I mean, nobody beats Prince. Prince was no. the best, in my opinion. Andre but 3K could have there. had
2: something to say about oh, it. Lee, that
0: was my well, biggest but, disappointment was that Andre 3K didn't step out there. I was waiting on him to pop up.
1: And he just never did. I thought he big boy was made. good, but I wanted some three stack in yeah. there.
2: Yeah. 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 He mm-hmm. wouldn't have been Prince though. I said that uh, I'm just going to throw it out there before anybody thinks I'm serious. Prince was the best halftime show of all time. Andre 3000 doing a little cameo would not even have come close. I mean, <laughs> maybe if he had his own halftime show, we could talk, but. Well, at Super Bowl's over football season's over.
1: I'm sure we'll get into some draft stuff way down the road. Uh, now it's, it's LJ's favorite time really. of the year. We're getting into NBA season, and there's some big stuff going on. Yes, Anthony Davis, yeah. is there any news?
2: The biggest – well, well,
1: well there by is the time – I'm, I'm nervous to say anything because by, yeah, the, time by the time we get is, out, well, I think this will come out on maybe Thursday, so that's trade deadline day, so maybe something happens. As of now, the the Pelicans are asking for everybody not named LeBron James from L.A. and all of their picks. I mean, they're asking for everything, in L.A.'s, I think, finally pulling out. I did out. see
2: – I did see uh, Mr. LeBron James decided to get bored during the Super Bowl and tweet out and ask for all the all the hype guys for the news in the NBA. Yeah, he did. He did have uh, a little cryptic. Was <laughs> it
1: was funny. He had this full tweet afterward talking about how the game was and the, like he had like a review of the game and he talked about the commercials and the game and the halftime show. But he, he conveniently left out his real cryptic tweet in the second quarter where he's like, "Where's Woj and, and Shams? Where's the breaking news at? What's going on in the NBA?" And clearly, the only thing he could be talking about is the Anthony Davis trade. Which maybe to his team with his agent and oh I mean it was it was interesting yeah. but
2: well and I just want to say uh, I do hate on the NBA free agency stuff but I I hate on the NBA free agency stuff for like two years in advance this kind of stuff is exciting to me I really am, ex- am excited to see where he goes this year like I think that's gonna be what's gonna be
1: gr- what's great now what's great now game. is so uh, we're not gonna get too into it cause, but. The the Celtics are the other team really rumored to go after him, LJ. And they can't trade for him because there's this weird Kyrie Irving rule. It's not really the Kyrie Irving
0: rule. It's a weird rule. But role. you can't have yeah. two
1: you can't have two players on this max deal right after their rookie contract. It's called like the it's like some kind of rookie deal, but uh huh. Irving and Anthony Davis are on the same contract. So until Irving's contract is up this offseason and he re-signs, the Celtics can't have both of them on the same roster. Therefore, they can't do an Anthony Davis trade unless Kyrie Irving were in the trade. The Pelicans would never do that because wow. Irving's going to leave, blah, 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 blah. But so the Pelicans are urging wow. – They're urging – or the Celtics are urging the Pelicans to wait till this offseason, and then they'll offer some trades up, and they're saying our offer is going to be better than what the Lakers have to offer. And the Lakers are saying, we'll give you the trade right now. We'll go ahead and do this right
0: now and give you all these
2: guys. So the Pelicans are kind of – And so the Pelicans are saying, give me all of them then.
0: Well, that, exactly. Say, that's oh, why the ten Pelicans ten are saying, "Give me everything," because he, they know the Lakers won't, and they need to see what Probably, Boston has every, to offer because Boston has they a offer lot that Kings more. ransom.
2: If they give them everybody, then it's like, okay, whatever, but, Boston, you lost. Sorry. And,
1: and it also behooves the Pelicans to wait because they might they may wait, and if the Knicks get the number one overall pick, maybe they trade the number one overall, which would be Zion Williamson for Anthony Davis, to try to pair him up with an incoming superstar.
2: Who knows? It does. I do understand yeah, why that the kid Pelicans Duke, may right? wait. That kid, that's doing. I'm just kidding.
1: You, you may have heard of him, but uh, so it's, it's, it really is interesting to see what they'll end up doing because it could end up screwing them, and maybe the offseason comes and the deals kind of slow down, and they don't get the same deal they thought they were going to get. And then it could be funny for the Celtics because Kyrie Irving now is acting like he may be interested in leaving, and who knows, teaming up with LeBron again. I, it is wild. Who knows what's going to wow. happen? Wow! But now what could be fun is Anthony Davis has been cleared to play. He had a, a finger ligament that was keeping him out for a couple weeks. And a lot of times, right before a guy's going to get traded, he sits the game. They don't play him. One, because you don't want a guy to get hurt because obviously his trade value dips way down. But Anthony Davis now is cleared and wants to play, and the Pelicans are sitting him out at least to the deadline. But if he doesn't get traded by the deadline, now Anthony Davis wants to play, but the Pelicans are like, there's no reason for us to play him because if he were to – you know, heaven forbid he tears a Achilles or an ACL. Now he, they don't get anything. Yeah. I mean, they, they get something, but it's not near the offer. So it, it it's going to be so, interesting to see what happens down the stretch. And this is also, by the way, this yeah, is no. a 25-year-old in the prime of his career, maybe the best player in the NBA who's prototypical for the game right now. The Belkins have the right to ask for a King's ransom for him. He is amazing.
2: Sure they do. Well, okay, so this is going to come out on the day of the trade, trade deadline, if all goes the way that we expect it to. So if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt, what are your prediction? I
1: think I'll start out. I don't think he gets traded. I just think the Pelicans have to wait until the offseason. They have to see at least what if they got to see yeah, if Boston's, see Boston's willing saying. to maybe offer Jason Tatum, maybe Jalen Brown. They got to see. I mean, maybe they get Zion Williamson. Yeah. Okay, Because even though they are asking a lot from the Lakers, they are in return, it sounds like it'd be – some young players that maybe have some promise, uh, Lonzo Ball, who's got already got the headache of Lavar Ball, who says his son doesn't want to play for New Orleans and all this stuff before the trade even happened, and they're already saying they don't want to play for New Orleans, and it, that sounds like a headache. So if you're the Pelicans, wow. I think you wait and you just yeah, see.
2: Plus, that sounds awful.
1: Like like Dad said, you, it's one of the best players in the game, and you wait, you see what you can get. You got to see what the Celtics are willing to offer, and maybe they try to fleece yeah. you, but maybe they throw out a great deal, and you at least get. Right now, it's the Lakers bidding against hey, the Lakers. It's not get, even a bidding offer yet. Yeah, true.
0: Right. It's always better to have multiple bidders on yeah. whatever you're trying to sell, and and so they're they'd, they'd be not being fair to themselves to trade him right now. Well, okay, Unless so, now, now I, I get what Kevin's saying hit. about the playing and if he gets hurt, but they they've got to wait to see what the cl- Boston has. So many assets. They, they have, have so picks, many they have good draft picks, young players. So many I mean, players. You, Gotta talk to Boston. I think is, is,
2: to. I mean, is Boston a smart team, like notoriously? I mean, uh, sorry, not Boston. Uh, uh, uh the Pelicans. Uh, are they a smart no, team? they are. They are not or, Like, would they make a?
0: Well, they're actually. Like,
2: I mean, I, I feel like the on, the only time I've heard them in the news is them like making bad trades or bad uh, free agency calls or something. I, mean, I might be wrong. The guys, but the guys calling the like shots the for them. Whether it's a whether guy.
1: it's Dale Dims or uh, the Bensons, who are actually the Saints owners, but also own the the Pelicans. So there, there's not a lot of of great – a lot of people you'd put a lot of weight behind as far as making these decisions for the Pelicans. So I don't know if they'll make the right call. And honestly, I don't know if the right call is to wait because maybe they start waiting and Kyrie – like if Kyrie Irving tells the Celtics, I'm leaving, then the Celtics may not be willing to trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis because maybe Anthony Davis won't confirm that he'll stay longer. And then – Who knows? Maybe now all of a sudden it's just the Lakers and the Lakers know the Celtics aren't even in there. So the Lakers don't, they take off all the first round picks. Who knows what could happen? You are gambling if you wait till the offseason, but you also are gambling on the fact that maybe you get, like dad said, more bidders and more bidders means a better price. So unless the Lakers give you everything you want and more, I think if you're the Pelicans, you go to the Lakers and you say, here's what I want. And you throw out some outlandish offer like they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, The Kings ransom. Yeah. And if the Lakers say yes, all right, you got it. But if they say no, then you just, don't let them call your bluff and you stay true. I hope that's what they do. I think that's the smart thing. But I think it's interesting. So Rich Paul is his agent, and that's LeBron's boy. Clutch Sports, and that's guys, they grew up in high school together. And Rich Paul has done very well for himself as an agent. But if you're Anthony Davis agent, you got to be looking out for what's best for Anthony Davis, but also your best friend is LeBron James. Clearly, what's best for him is that Anthony Davis finds his way to LA. I wonder if that has any kind of riff. I mean, they can't really talk about this stuff. Like him and LeBron, if they're having a glass of Vino tonight and they're just drinking a little wine, do they have a conversation (laughs) about where Anthony Davis is going or is that
2: like confidentiality? I don't know. I would bet that they don't talk about it. I bet LeBron talks about it. I bet you Rich does not. That'd be my guess.
1: Who knows what happens. And it's funny, by the time we come out with this, like it could, Anthony Davis could have been traded to who knows where.
2: He'll be a sixer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis is a th- is something that's gone out there. Who? There's really no telling. I kind of want to see the Nuggets get involved because I think Jokic and Anthony Davis would be freaking awesome to watch together. But that's All neither right. here nor there. I'll,
2: I'll make Denver basketball great again. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch that. Get him up in the pile of ice. <laughs> I have one more thing to, to throw into the episode if we need to make up some time. It's just a short All thing. All right. Kevin, bring man. it. Did you hear that 21 Savage has been. Uh, locked up by ice Because he's British Yes What actually in I the have. world Okay so dad
0: Do you know who 21 Savage is Who is who, is who? 21 Savage I guess I don't Okay Sorry. so he's he, this rapper uh, By the
1: way He confirmed today That he was born in the United Kingdom LJ
2: that's
0: insane.
1: Okay. So he's so. this
2: he's this he's this gangster rapper. Uh, do you know where he's from, Kevin? I don't know where he's from. He,
1: well, he's he seems from, like apparently guy, he's but. from, <laughs> he's, he's British, but we, he, see, he was kind of, he came up as a SoundCloud rapper. He's one of the first to really kind of break through SoundCloud yeah. and make it big. And he's kind of, I think everyone assumed he was an Atlanta rapper. I, I think we all well, just, and that, and I don't so, think
2: he ever said I'm an Atlanta rapper,
1: but we just kind of assumed.
2: So imagine dad that like, uh, you know, so uh, back during the Tupac biggie days and like P Diddy was getting big. Do you know the rapper Mace or no? no. Okay. So who is it? Who is it did, uh, 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 was it that no, was, it was, uh, it was, did back that ass up?
0: That wasn't Ludacris, Was it? Who did back that ass? It wasn't. John I guess
2: Ludacris is a good example. Okay. So this situation is like, imagine Ludacris got arrested by immigration because he's British. Like that's kind of what this feels like to me. It's the most Juvenile. absurd thing that I've heard in a long time. Juvenile. Yeah. Juvenile yeah, did it. back
0: that ass up. Yeah.
2: Um, well, so his yes. name
1: is Shia Ben Abraham Joseph and he was born in the UK, but came over to the U S legally at the age of seven. This is the, what his legal team is. Their statement. He allegedly yeah. remained in the States until June, 2005. And when he briefly went back to UK for about a month, he then returned in July uh, with a under HV visa, but they're saying apparently he got detained by ice because his visa is no longer valid or something. Well,
2: my, my understanding is his visa expired like a couple years ago. And so he's been biding his time uh, to try to get that fixed because if he gets that fixed too publicly, then he might get arrested. But also if he doesn't get that fixed, then he doesn't get to go on international tour. So like he's on this big tour with post Malone right now. And so they were supposed to every show that they did in Canada he had no, he had a, a reason he couldn't go to that show. And like, he wasn't going to Europe for any of their shows or anything like that. Like, because if he leaves the country, then he might not be allowed to ever return to the country because of his immigration status. It's absurd. It's mind blowing I mean, to me.
1: It's mm-hmm. totally wild. And interestingly, this might have nothing to do with it. Uh, of course, uh, looking into what the conspiracy theories are just the other day, or er, right. he re- <laughs> he released a 2018 track where he, he kind of criticized the country's immigration policies where he said, went through some things, but I couldn't imagine my kids stuck at the border. Flint still need water. And then he goes on to say some expletives. But so he yeah. one talks about the border and then talks about <laughs> the Flint, Michigan stuff. Yeah. So maybe and so some people are like, oh, he went at the government and you don't go at the government. They'll do whatever they want to you and that's why he got detained by ICE. I don't know. It's the weirdest well, story in the- I there the last thing I thought I would more. see on Super Bowl Sunday is 21 Savage has been obtained by yeah. detained by ICE yeah. and is being deported back yeah. to UK where apparently he's from. Who I was blown away. I thought it was a joke. The,
2: the there's a lot more to the story because like he came over when he was like 13 or something like that. Um seven. and so like his you know well he came over when he was 7 and then came back when he was like 13 or something yeah. like that. I mean maybe I misunderstood but um but he came when he was too young to be an independent. So like who was in charge of him? And then, like, if no one was in charge of him, then, like, does he not get some leeway for being a child who was an immigrant that somebody just left here in the country? You know, like, it's it's a weird story. I don't know who Hmm. who should have been in charge of that. But it is like I I never would have thought that I would have heard like of all the things that rappers do that get them in criminal trouble. I never would have thought that the Atlanta rapper, you know, like Quavo is if you've listened, if you've listened to any 21 is from. Sudan or something like if you've
1: listened to any 21 Savage, then, you know, he raps about plenty of other things as LJ says that could get him in trouble with the law. Yeah. The last thing you would think is because he's not from America. That was the last thing you thought he'd be in trouble with. Um, When there is a theory
2: uh, just on that, as you say, Kevin, uh, that ice doesn't necessarily have to tell you the truth to the public so they can detain you and not tell anybody why you're detained. And so some people think that it might be people trying to get him out of the country be at the FBI or the CIA or something like that because he's done some awful things. But they're al caponing him; they're getting him on tax fraud, uh, metaphorically, instead of getting him on, you know, murdering people or something like that. So there's something interesting there too. But it, it is wild. Uh, I'm with
1: LJ. That I, I thought that maybe the NBA could do like like an Anthony Davis trade on Sunday, and that would take some headlines away from the NFL. I never thought Twenty One Savage and Ice would be <laughs> taking headlines from the NFL. Yeah, that blew my right, mind. Right. Uh, I guess that gets us to a perfect segue, and that gets us on to what we're listening for the week. And We haven't done this in a little while, and I kind of want to start with LJ. LJ gave me a little teaser. Uh, I got a little uh, taste of what LJ's been listening to, Dad, and let me just say it's pretty freaking cool. LJ, why don't you tell us what what you've been listening to?
2: All right, so there's this dude named Mark Rebier. I believe is how you say his name.
1: Truth needs to check this guy out that's for sure yes
2: for sure so I'll I'll also send you guys a YouTube link but this guy okay so what he does is he's got a loop pedal and he uh he just writes music on the spot without any prep or anything like that he's just a damn good musician and specifically there's this video I'll send you guys where he was on sway in the morning uh who uh you know he owes this hip-hop radio show or whatever and you know you got to give it a minute for the audio to correct but He writes this awesome beat on the spot about being on this radio show. And the dude is just, I mean, you know, you can check him out on Spotify and YouTube. He's just this really good, like, funky hip-hop sort of white dude artist. Like, I i just think... I think, Dad, you're really gonna like him. I'm glad, Kevin, you liked him. Yeah, he was cool. But Mark, I'll check him out. I'll for sure. He was like at one point he was on
1: on the like live on the radio, and he was just making him beat up like as he was going, and it was badass. It
2: was cool. He's really neat. We'll put that we'll put that Hmm. video on our website. But it is yeah, it's crazy what he can do without any sort of anything written at all. Like he's just making it up as he goes. It's incredible. Cool.
1: For mine this week, I threw it back a little bit. I know LJ, me, and you have talked uh, about. Uh, Kendrick Lamar before on the pod and we talked about Damn and some other things that he's done I was listening to some old Kendrick and I went back To his first studio album That overly dedicated and section 80 I listened to both of those on Saturday While I was kind of doing some stuff around the house I just put some headphones on I was cleaning up And man I forgot how good His album just if you look at like His list of when he put out like good kid like section 80 good kid mad city and then to pimp a butterfly and then damned i mean that was a hell of a run he's been on and i'm just saying i love yeah. kendrick Lamar. if you're gonna put something for the what we're listening pops they're all overly dedicated it was his first studio album that thing was my right. jam and i just so on kendrick
2: we talked about trying to figure out uh, an intro with truth um, and we haven't really settled on anything yet but you talked about like Rigamortis, mortis right yeah like that trumpets so yeah, after my, you said that 80, i was like one i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna to try to come up with something like that. Oh my god, it's hard. Like that is that's just some genius work that they put together. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah, Dad, listen to the beat of Rigamortis. Like it's just gonna. I think you're gonna really like that beat. I don't know okay. if you're gonna. I think you like Hendrix, so I think you'll like the song. But that beat is fantastic. I do. I do like. Is that on Section 80? Yeah. Is that the album? Section
1: 80? The album. Okay. All
0: right, I'll check it out for sure. And soon.
1: pops, what about you? What have you been jamming out to? I'm Some excited. Marin I
0: don't pops, know what you've been Adam listening Levine? to for a long. Time. Uh, no, <laughs> so, songs about Jane would be a good one uh, yeah. to say, but it, it's not the what I've been listening to. to. Um, oh, yeah. I mean that that was that was just That's one of just the best. An audible, audible, yeah. audible
1: mention for yeah. for the halftime show. And if you weren't ups- if you were upset with the halftime show, just. Forget about it and go play songs about Jane, the acoustic version,
0: and, and you'll enjoy yourself. Fantastic. Fantastic. But I, I reached back just because it came up on my phone. And I, I think I've actually mentioned this before, but Collective Soul, Discipline Right Now, that album came yes. up. And, and it's just such a, a, a good album. And uh, um, I don't know. It's just a great album. i a that few perfect uh, back on. They
2: that perfect 90s there. alt way. You know, it's just – it's
0: it, it was. It's it, perfect. It was just – I love it. The lyrics are, are good. Yeah. The music's good. It, it's good, solid music. So that's kind of what I've been listening LJ, to. LJ, by the week. way, Was speaking
1: of, of 90s music, there's a, a band announced they're doing another summer summer tour this summer. Okay. And it will be Third Eye Blind is going to do another summer tour. Woo! They'll be coming to Rogers, okay. Arkansas at the Amp, and they'll also be at the same venue we saw them at in Chicago last summer. Okay. Huntington at Beach. Huntington Beach. Well, they're with, they're doing, uh, Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat they? World. Yeah, they're going to be touring with Jimmy Eat World.
2: What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, it just yeah. takes some time, yeah. a little bit.
1: Man, but oh. they'll, the tickets for I, – I, I looked because I, I really am going to try to go to the one at and me and Dad were talking about it. The tickets are expensive, more expensive than I've ever seen a Rogers at, a concert at the Amp. I don't know if it's what are they. I mean, I can look them rack up to, like the standing only was like eighty eight dollars. They were like eighty seven dollars for the standing only general Mission, which is usually like thirty seven dollars at wow. Amp.
2: Yeah, that's pretty pricey for them. Wow,
1: but um, I mean, you know, is, okay. So here's the, set here's the other thing up. to
2: watch out for, though. Yeah, is uh, while Third Out Blind was here in Chicago, XCB. Do you know guys? Do you guys know what XCB is? Nope. So it's mm-hmm. the it's the guys it's because you know third eye blind now is Stephen Jenkins and a whole bunch of people he's hired right like that's what third eye blind is yes so Xcb is all the people he's fired um oh. and so they tour generally the same time third eye blind does while we were watching third eye blind here in Chicago the Yeagers were watching Xcb in uh uh what's that what's that uh casino out there by you, uh Choctaw casino uh Choctaw yeah they were playing at Choctaw um huh. so uh, you know, I'm just saying while they're touring, there's some cheap tickets to basically the rest of the band that we've loved our entire life, but never get to see them live. So um, just well, that, throwing that, that out sounds kind of cool. Keep an eye out for SCB. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. May have to check. By those the
2: out. way, if you're they're usually
1: much cheaper, if you're going to go get some tickets, go over to okay. TickSplits.com. I would go to TickSplits. And if you go in there and you put in armchair in the promo code, you get 10% off your total purchase. And they're, okay. they're a little different than where you go to like SeatGeek or StubHub and you see those. Fees like the ticket says eighty eight dollars, but then all of a sudden you go to check out and it's like one fifty because you have to pay all those different fees. Tick splits show you the price, and then you pay that exact price. Actually, you pay less than that price if you throw in the promo code armchair if you're listening to the
2: JPP pod. And uh okay.
1: That that's where I would go if you're going to look for some tickets to any concerts. I just want to throw that out there since we were mentioning concerts. Well, stuff. Okay, so they're, they're they sell to the tickets to
2: concerts, but what if I wanted to go see a what if I want to see a Bulls game? Well, where would I go? They got concerts, they got plays, they got
1: stuff on. on oh no, yeah, they got it all, man! You can go watch Hamilton, you can watch a basketball game, you could try to go to the next what? New Orleans game and see if Anthony Davis is playing, or at least monitor whether he's on the sideline if or I wanted if you go see
2: like some Cirque du Soleil, where would I go? I,
1: I, tick splits. I'm telling you, go there for every Blue Man Group wow, in Las Vegas. They got Kevin. tickets to that. I mean, just whatever what? you're looking for, you got you got to hit okay, them up. I'll have to check them out. Thank Throw you. In the promo code Armchair and uh, they're friends of the pod. Right. So go check those guys out. Uh, I think that'll about do it for this week. We we I felt like we touched on just about everything from the Super Bowl. I was glad to see my man Tony finally in the big game. He was the, he had the best performance of any quarterback in the big game this week. Uh, <laughs> 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 yes, show is a little bit of a dud uh, i still want to get an answer to nipple gate and why adam levine was able to show his nipples and and janet jackson wasn't but what we'll, 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 i don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of that the nfl's bad about not getting to the bottom of of things um i guess that'll do it for this week do you have anything else y'all want to throw up before we uh
2: fix s- fix, fix the out? logos fix the super bowl logos <laughs> you got to stay on that we got to get some
1: petitions also they should have played more t- uh, spongebob but uh That'll do You're it. Damn right. That'll do it for this week. Appreciate you joining us, and appreciate to uh, all the help we've had all NFL season from Uncle Tony and Hannah and everyone that's jumped on yeah. and joined us. It's been a yeah. great year. Yep. Already, I'm, I'm calling it Super Bowl favorites for next year. Cowboys, clearly. So we'll we'll talk about that in future. <laughs>
2: um, I think the three of us have okay. about as good of a chance. We'll see. But <laughs> all right. Well, that'll
1: do it for another week of the JPP. We appreciate you listening to us. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Guys, have any other Super Bowl talks I want to get to? Uh,
0: hell, I'm kind of burned out on this yeah. Super Bowl. You know, it's over, it's done. It was not the greatest game in the whole wide world. Uh, Excuse me, I tell but <laughs> I'm just sad because the. I mean, it, what that what you're
2: saying right now is the NFL is going to change. To there's no such thing as touching a receiver ever again. Uh, uh, rushing the quarterback is only going to be okay if you give him like.
0: Uh, Ten Mississippi. I mean, like, the game has got to be more off. No, wait a minute. All those, all those rules were in place on this one, and it was what sixteen to three, or whatever it was, or thirteen to three. I'm saying so, it's going to get worse. It's um, going to get even more
2: so. I mean, because they're not talking ten Mississippi, and you can do a little bit of hand jabbing at the wide receiver, but like they're going to change the rules. In the next five years to make it to where you just cannot man lj has
1: fully turned into the get off my lawn grandpa over here i mean i'm just <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. i'm
2: just saying that if the game is not the most exciting thing in the world then it doesn't count as a game and so the nfl's got to change their So, their were you, the more, entertained,
1: were you more entertained were you more entertained with last year's or this year's